Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, Jasmine. I am a longtime fan, so I'm nerding out a little bit that I get to talk to you. I wish we were like hanging out in real life and drinking coffee or having wine or doing something fun, but this is pretty good too. It is pretty good, and I'm drinking coffee. So, you know, we're chatting and drinking coffee. That's two out of the five things. We're okay. We're starting off on a good foot. Nice. Um, So I would love it if you would tell listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with you or who are and just want to hear the story again, tell us about who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Well, my name is Jasmine Starr, and I'm a photographer and business strategist, and I happen to believe and know that I like to make wild ideas come to life. So to kind of put like what it means to pursue my career in a box would be, it would be a really wonky box. I just (laughs) create, I love creating and I love when people say it can't be done because I'm just like, watch me. Let's just kind of create along the way. And so how that's manifested itself is I picked up a camera after dropping out of law school when I saw my mom have a relapse with brain cancer and I realized the enormity and beautifulness of life and I realized how short it was. And I thought to myself, I am on the wrong path. And so what does it look like for me to course correct in order to have my mom's legacy intact? But the best part of it is that my mom is still here with us today. And that was a time in my life where it was just like a big reckoning. And against all the odds, she survived. And against all the odds, I had taken a camera that I didn't know how to work or what to do. And I was terrible when I first started. Oh, the pictures are awful. Um, but you know, after you enroll in the university of Google, you you figure out, you figure (laughs) out that like you could really make things work. And, um, three years later I was voted one of the top 10 photographers in the world and the game just changed for us. And I think that was the first time in my life where I realized that for people who have the audacity to dream, things are possible. So when people tell me, people tell me, Jasmine, it's not going to work or uh, the odds are stacked against me, or I don't think it's possible. I look at them and I just say, everything is possible. How bad do you want it? I love that. I love it. And I have a hundred thousand questions. So, um, First of all, I have heard that story before. I listened to your interview with Ed Milet, someone I love so much. I love his podcast, and I tell listeners about it all the time. Uh, but there's a great interview uh, between he and Jasmine just getting into that story and that journey for you. And I loved hearing about that prompt, like you're doing this this thing, which I think I remember you saying was a pretty big deal culturally for your family that you were going to law school. Is that right? Oh, completely. I'm a first-generation Latina, a first-generation college student, first-generation post-grad student. It was like a big thing for an immigrant family, but more so it was a big thing for people from like the barrio to see somebody do big things. And they felt like, am I going to let people down? Oh, that man. was my biggest worry. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. I know um, one of our team members who has been with me forever, she started as my assistant and now she works in operations. Her name's Michelle, shout out. Um, she grew up in LA. 
play. Um, her, she is Latina. And that is something she's talked about a lot is not really seeing um, examples of who she's supposed to aspire to be like outside of the entertainment industry. Um, who are the women that she's supposed to see in business or that she's supposed to admire? So I love that you started out doing something that you you know, to, to sort of pave a way. And now you're doing it in a totally, like an even bigger platform than you would have if you had become a lawyer. Oh, a thousand percent. And I believe, and, and to all the Latinas who are lawyers, like my hat's off to you. <laughs> when you are, when you are walking in your purpose, people can see it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would have been disingenuous if I was just like, this is the thing I have to do, therefore I must. Yeah. And instead, it's like people, especially in a community that is supportive and loving you and they want you to win. Nobody's sitting there wagging their brown fingers being like, she's not going to do it. Like, no, they, people support it. They want they want us to win. But I think without a clearly identified plan and goal, we sometimes flounder. Asking for help was like a big thing, but also admitting to say, if if I believe in this dream and if I can get other people to support me along the way, that it will be a manifestation of all of our collective desires and wishes. That's awesome. Uh, and tell me about the camera. Cause this was, did you buy it for yourself or did your husband buy it for you? Like that first, like oh. I'm going to be a photographer. Okay. Okay. So I, okay. So the thing was I left law school. I had a full ride scholarship to UCLA law school and I left law school with the full knowing that I was going to go back. I was going to reclaim my scholarships and I just needed to be with my mom during this really difficult time in our lives. And during that time, my long-term boyfriend of nine years proposed and we planned a wedding in three months because the doctors had said it was time to plan her funeral. And Mm. I said, the one thing I need my mom to see me is to get married. Mm. And so the doctor said she would walk and the doctor said she wouldn't talk and the doctor said she wouldn't be cleared to fly and as the walking miracle that she is she did all of those things and when we came back it was like I just felt the force and the gravity of everything she fought for to be on that day and I thought to myself is that the life I want to claim Mm -hmm. going back and doing the safe path and I sat down with dinner I received a letter from UCLA law school and it came on pink paper And we were living in this dive apartment in this totally ripe neighborhood of LA. (laughs) And I opened this and it said, you know, this is the form you have to fill out to come back and get your place there at second semester UCLA school. And I thought to myself, this is the saddest I think I've ever been in a while. And he asked me if you could do one thing for the rest of your life and be happy, what would it be? And I said, I think I want to be a photographer. Wow. And he said, okay, but <laughs> you don't have a camera. Like I didn't have a camera. I didn't own a camera. I've never used a camera. But in my mind, I was like, hey, that thing, I could. I think I could do it. And other people would hear that story and they would probably say like, oh, good luck. You know, bless your heart. Yeah. If you were in the South, he would yeah. say bless your heart. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. He believed in he believed in the dream. And uh, he had a conversation after it was Christmas Day, 2005. And I opened this camera and I am not a crier. I casually joke that I'm like the tin man. <laughs> and I here I am holding this camera and I'm crying. But 2005 was such a hard year for me. I had left law school. I We were still having a lot of issues with my mom. I had no money. I had just gotten married, not living in a place that I had. I was driving a 2002 Honda Accord with an oxidized hood. I, had, I was working part time at a church. I was like, I was just like hot mess. And he said, take a year, just one year, one year. And if it doesn't work, you can go back to law school. Because I had three year, I had a three-year window to go back. And I said, okay, let's take this year. But I did not open the camera in 2005 because I said 2005 was not a year I ever want to repeat in my life. But on January 1st, 2006, I opened that box and I thought to myself, 
this is it. We're going to do things with this camera. And we did that. So tell me this, because I also um, have a, like a master's degree in Google. It is literally how I I built my company a hundred percent. I heard something that I thought was so good. Like in an age of this much information to remain ignorant about something is an active choice. There is, isn't that so good? There is so so much information that exists out there for free. Um, So tell me what you did. You open up that camera and you go from never having done this to you're being named one of the biggest photographers in the world. Give me some of those steps from there to, you know, how'd you go from the bottom to the top and now we're here? Hey, who doesn't love a little Drake reference? I mean, let's That's just what I'm saying. Let's That's just what I'm that saying. There. Um, um, okay, so let's just break this down into listeners who may not have a passion for photography. It's like step number one is reverse engineer what you want. So picture where you want to be in about a year and then work backwards from there. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I had one year to really make or break this thing. And I thought to myself, in one year, how would I measure whether or not I could actually make this work? And I thought to myself, okay, in one year, if I could book three gigs and if I could schlep bags and intern, and if I could just take a photo that didn't look like the worst photo ever to be taken. <laughs> like, I mean, I was, I was shooting low here. But when I had a clearly identified sense of success, how I defined it, and some people look at it, success isn't having a, a private jet, and it's not having a yacht, and it's not having a home in a particular zip code. Success is how you define it. If that is picking up your child every day from school, then that's success. If, if it's success to have dinner with your family every single night, or if it's to work out twice a week, whatever the case may be, you must define your success so that when you arrive, you can look around and say, I did it. So when it came the, to actual taking steps of learning, going from zero to hero, that was cheesy. <laughs> no, I had no other word. Going, I had no other word, Rachel. Hercules and I like it. Okay. I like okay. Okay. <laughs> See, but who's cooler? Who's cooler? The Drake <laughs> reference or the Disney reference? I'm usually the person uh, making the Disney <laughs> reference, so I like where this is going. <laughs> um, so the key, the fact of the matter just really did become I knew nothing. I put, I, tr- I couldn't get the battery in the camera until I Googled that I, and realized that I was putting the battery in the wrong way. <laughs> so there's that. And then it really just came down to technicalities. And technicalities in my regard was how do I shoot manual? How do I get exposed? Like, I need to understand exposure. But for anybody else picking up y- yarn to become a knitter or picking up um, a laptop to become a graphic designer. It's really understanding step number one, where do I want to be in a year? What would success look like? And what are the markers along the way that are going to continue to uh, validate, approve, encourage me to keep on moving forward? I love yes to everything you've just said. Um, I also love that I feel like I heard you say something about interning, schlepping bags, working oh, yeah. for other people. Um, so oh, I, yeah. I'm assuming, did you start with weddings? Is that where you got your start? I did. Okay, yeah. So I was a I wedding did. planner for a really long time and I got there. I, I ended up opening my own firm because I interned for terrible people and terrible brides for years for zero money so that I could learn how to do what I wanted to do. And I think that we have lost a little bit the, um, the, the the mentality of kind of having to earn your dues, like kind of having to do a little bit of sucky work in order to get access, in order to get photography, in order to learn, like that apprenticeship that doesn't really exist as much 
anymore. Will you talk about what that experience was like for you and how you found those opportunities? I will absolutely talk about that experience as it was then. And I will tell you hand to heaven that that is how the experience will be today. I come from literally like no ego or uh, a place of I'm too big or too good. Like if the right opportunity came around, I would absolutely fly myself somewhere to work for free just to see how things are done. I think that is the sharpest learning curve. And so for me, I started immediately joining communities because one, specifically where I had come up and how I'd grown up, I didn't know a single person who had started their own business, much less a business in a creative field. So I had nobody to turn to in that regard. And I had nobody to uh, really bounce ideas off when it came to like financially planning how to start a business. And I uh, started joining online communities. And whenever there was anything, like literally, can somebody um, carry bags or can somebody... I'm moving a studio. Does anybody want to come and help me? And it was said as a joke. And I absolutely said, yes. And I, again, this is how I approach every situation. I reverse engineered. I figured out what was going to make it a win for me. And I thought to myself one day, if I ever have a studio, I want to know what it's like to have a team, uh, to what does rent look like? How do you set up a studio? And it was in that process of moving somebody's studio that I made the broad declaration that I will never have a studio. (laughs) So I was like, I was literally like, um, I was, There was one time I'll never forget that there was this opportunity to volunteer to schlep bags for a photographer in Atlanta, and I had no money. I had no resources. And my father, who's a pastor for a church in East Los Angeles, which also AKA means he doesn't have money either, had acquired (laughs) enough um, airline miles. And he said, you know what, Miha, I'm going to book a ticket for you to go to Atlanta because this means a lot for you. So I just feel like whatever opportunity came around, I was just like, yes, please. Amen. Like, let's just do this. And it still remains today. Like, Rachel, let's just be real. If you were to say, I need somebody to come move my studio. I just moved to Austin and I really just need pictures or (laughs) I need social media or I need to volunteer. I'd be like, yes, I'm there. I love that. And what I love most about that is the idea of what can I do to make this a win or what can I do to change my perspective in this moment that this is going to be something that is helpful to me or even just to get to a better place with your attitude. I am constantly course correcting like this. So like a good example of this today. And I am going to say this like totally honestly, and this is nothing to the women who are standing in line. But the other night we had had the second premiere of the movie and there was a book signing afterwards and there was a very long line with hundreds of women. And about halfway through, I was just so tired. I was so, so, so tired. And I usually um, am really focused on what's the intention and what's the outcome. And I want to show up for these people who show up for me. But that night I was just like so exhausted and I didn't I didn't feel like I had anything left, but I'm also mindful that everybody's been waiting in line and they want a picture. And I was like, okay, you got to get your mind right. Right now you've got to find like, what is the good thing that's going to come out of this? And in that moment, I'm going to, as you're, uh, you are also a PK, which I did not know. I am a pastor's daughter. So I like that we're going here. Um, But sometimes the, the simplest, not the simplest, because it's beautiful, but like, Sometimes it's just that reminder, like, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Like, I, in that moment, was like, okay, if nothing else, like, let these people experience grace tonight. Or let these people experience, like, Lord, I don't have the energy to get to the end of this. I need you to help me get to the end of this so that, like, I don't know, maybe they're just experiencing you and not me because I can't. 
And I'm not like a, I'm not this girl normally, but that night I was like, God, I don't have it. I do not have it. I did not listen to enough Beyonce to dance <laughs> before I came here. Um, so I love the idea of like, what, what can I, how can I make this a win? And in that night I couldn't. So I was trying to find something bigger. How do I attach this to something bigger than myself? And even you, when you're interning, it's not about, hey, yeah, I had to move a bunch of stuff, but I also know what kind of lighting equipment I need now if I'm going to do a studio shoot, which I just think is so great. So, And above all of that, I always feel that it takes just as much energy to make a decision that puts us in a positive frame of mind as much as it takes energy to put us in a negative mm-hmm. frame of mind. So real. And it does. It, 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 and, and I had recently just heard on Sunday that the average mind comes across 60,000 thoughts or thinks 60,000 thoughts a day and three-fourths of them are negative. Wait, what? Were you listening to a podcast? Because if you were listening to Ed Milet's podcast or Lewis Howes, because they've both interviewed the same guy recently we are going to have a side moment here were you listening no to that i doctor? didn't oh my gosh you no to. i'm behind i know i heard i oh saw oh my saw. gosh everybody it, well not everybody because some people are going to be like whoa this guy's a little too much but there is a guy i'm reading his book right now dr joe dispenza who talks about mind body connections and one of the things he says is exactly what you said do you ever just sit back and think about what you think about Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Like, get heavy with me for a minute. Think about what you think about because most people don't realize that they are having the same thoughts over and over and over. And if those thoughts are negative, they're destroying your life and you don't know it, but you keep having the same ones. A, everybody needs to go listen to those two podcast episodes, but B, um, I love that. I love that idea. Like this is a choice. Happiness is a choice in the same way that anxiety or fear, it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like it has control of us. But you can choose to snap out of it. I just think most of the time we cling to the emotion we know best. And the emotion we know best is the negative one because we've been experiencing it for so long. Absolutely. And to take this one step further, and then we can move on from there. But what kind of my my mind blown when I had discovered that the brain and our thoughts, excuse me, our brain and our mind are two separate entities. Yes. 
And that we are not our thoughts. And so we are literally in control of, do I want to, do I want to believe this thought? Do I want to believe this thought that I am a failure? Do I want to believe this thought that I'm not enough? Do I want to believe this thought that I didn't do everything I could in this moment? Or can I believe the thought that I did my best? Mm -hmm. And can I believe the thought that in this moment I am enough? And can I believe in this moment that even though the odds are stacked against me, I will continue to rise? Yes. It is a decision. And I think that that has had such a profound change in the way that I approach my business in the past two years and I just see the benefits of it. If nothing else, I just feel like I'm a happier person. Yeah, that's so real. I love that. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I want to thank you so much. Every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio, your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. Dang it. Sorry, everybody, that we had to take a quick mindset, <laughs> uh, a quick like path down the mindset rope. But I'm we are, we're not apologizing, know, Rachel. No, we're I'm owning so this. into it right now. And I'm reading a book that's like bigger than my two-year-old. And I just like I've I'm not kidding. This guy's book, I opened it up, and in the first paragraph, I had to Google words because I didn't know what the, I swear. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means. And then even after I Googled him, it still took me a minute to understand. But now I got it. I know what that word is now. Um, so tell me just to Jumping back into the business side of things, tell me um, if if y'all do not follow Jasmine on every social platform that she is in existence on, you need to go do that immediately. And I think you have, forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. You have a ton of um, great content on YouTube. Is that right? Did I, am I, I lying? Do. Okay. All of a sudden, I'm no, like, oh my gosh, no, I'm confusing no. you. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. No, but it sounded, it sounded a little disingenuous when you said, oh, there's a lot of great content on YouTube. And if I were to say, yes, oh, yes, there's a lot of great content. Wow. You have so <laughs> much helpful content. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. Because it's not just like, here I am looking pretty. It's like, no, here's exactly how you do this thing that you want to know how to do. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, so if, Tell me about Instagram because I'm going to assume that you're like me. You, you're you in a lifestyle space and Instagram, I'm going to assume is a really big platform. Is it the biggest social platform for you? Um, Instagram Instagram and Facebook are tied. Oh, Facebook is still yeah. – Now, is it – sorry, I want to dig into this. So Facebook is still um, killing it for you in terms of business or just in terms of exposure to new fan bases? Oh, both. Wow. Oh, I mean like Facebook is like – Facebook is like the high school quarterback who still comes back at homecoming who you don't really want to look at, but you're like, I can appreciate God's goodness. Oh that's what Facebook gosh, is. That's so funny. I want Because you know what I'm talking about. No, seriously. I, I just feel like, so I have, gosh, I probably have three or four times as many fans on Facebook as I do on Instagram, but I feel like the Instagram audience is so much more engaged. So I would love your wisdom. If you feel like Facebook is still killing it, like tell me. Teach me your ways. Tell me what you're doing that I am not doing. 
Well, here's the thing, Rachel. Let's just, okay, so I was homeschooled. And so what that basically means for my hippie loving mom is that we (laughs) taught ourselves. We were raised by like educational wolves. And so if we wanted to figure something out, we just had to figure it out. And so as a result, I kind of became like geeky for all the things that my mother was, which was like free flowing. She had bright red hair and hazel eyes and just like would like play poetry. She would have this cassette player and she would play poetry and then we would be swinging on swings. Like that was literally her version of education. And I thought to myself, if I, you know, want to do math, I better figure it out. And so as a result, I kind of just started understanding that like numbers really do work in your favor if you understand the numbers. So if you're saying that you have three times the amount of followers on Facebook than you do on Instagram, that even though people are engaging less on your Facebook page, statistically, people the same amount of people could be seeing them on your posts. Yeah. And okay. so, okay. I was going to argue the algorithm, but okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep, yes. Well, we can, I mean, so you can actually go through and see like mm-hmm. when you do a post. Now, my question is to you, are you showing up on that platform in a way that respects that platform or are you pushing content never. from Instagram I to would Facebook? Never. I would never. I, we are very thoughtful about the platform. We do repurpose content, but it'll be like a week or two later, so it feels fresh to great, the audience. Great, great, like, great, great, great. We're posting That's several awesome. times a day. It just, it. Um, I guess it feels like for the people who found me on Facebook, it feels like a lot of them found me because of a, um, like a certain post went viral or something happened and got shared a million times. Whereas the ones who find me on Instagram, I feel like they they're coming there and they found me and now they're engaged with me. Do you feel like that? Or you feel like, no, you're still, I guess I'm, maybe I'm just dismissing the quarterback and I shouldn't be. Maybe, maybe he and I are still supposed to be together. No, not at all. So (laughs) let's get, let's get back into, well, one, I I was such a dork in high school that I never, I was the girl who stood like, you know, 16 feet away and like creeped on the quarterback, like, like hoping like, Oh, Oh, I dropped my book. And he's like, pick it up yourself. (laughs) Um, So statistically speaking, there was a time when Facebook had 1 billion people on its platform and everybody was like, wow, this is so amazing, da, 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 da. And so at that time, let's just call that an eight-lane highway. And everybody on the eight-lane highway was automatically guaranteed equal distribution of lanes if you had a personal page or a business page. And then all of a sudden, more people started joining the highway. And Facebook said that people who are driving cars are seeing too many advertisements. As a result, all equal distribution of lanes is getting truncated by half. And so then Facebook pages got, you know, less, less room on the highway. And as a result of less room on the highway, you were moving slower, aka less people were seeing. And then with everything that happened, more people kept on coming on Facebook, which means that the lanes on the highway became less and less and less. So where there was a point in time where Facebook pages were getting eight to nine percent of organic reach, literally just for showing up because Facebook wanted people to have pages. Everyone's like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden when Facebook says, all right, we're going to truncate this to two to three percent organic reach on content that is somewhat viable, people cross their hands and say, I don't want to drive anymore. And in that case, I'm like, great, pull on over, baby. I'm going to keep on plowing through. I will take for free 3% of my audience seeing my stuff for free. Yeah, that's like, real. I will, I will raise my hands and just say, thank you, Mark and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're friends. You want to give me a free platform and all I got to do is show up and make great content? You got yeah. it, boo. Yes, sir. I'll take another. You're so right because I really am. It's not that it's not successful now. It's that I'm comparing it to six years ago. 
I'm comparing it to four years right. ago. I'm comparing it to when, you know, it's like, well, here's a picture of me sneezing and a million people saw it. And now <laughs> it's like you, you have created this content, you've worked so hard and then uh, yes, you're so right. You're so dang right. And 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 Rachel, let me take it. I'm, I'm totally geeking out right now, but I love this stuff. I really love making people see the same situation slightly different for the benefit of their growth. And so we have to understand that the, that what we are living in is the golden age of Instagram. And we understand that this eight lane highway on Instagram is going to become truncated mm-hmm. the exact same way Facebook totally. is because they don't want people being sold to on the platform mm-hmm. in um in disproportionate amounts. However, the content that you are creating let's just say on Facebook. So I could say like, dang it, I put this video out on Facebook and half of the amount of people that used to see it are seeing it. In my mind, I think to myself, that is a-okay because as long as my eggs are in different baskets, I'm still collectively going to create a win. So I take all this time to create a video and I put it out on Facebook. And then a couple of days later, I will put it out on YouTube, which doesn't get as many views as YouTube once did, but hey, that's the nature of the game. And now that IGTV has come out, I now have a third arm of distribution. Now, are a lot of people there? Am I getting 20, 30,000, 40,000 views? Heck no. But guess what? Every single view is more of a person who has an opportunity to go deep with my video content. So there was a time where, oh, we were getting all these video views on one singular platform. That's okay. We're going to diversify our approach. We're going to still say that the people who are supposed to see our content will see our content and then choose to go deeper with our business by opting in, by contacting us, by investing in each of those arms. I equally say, thank you for this free marketing. I will continue to show up until the next big platform comes and I'll jump right in and do the same dang thing. That's so good. Oh, I love that. Um, and honestly, I'm going to like leave here and then call Dave and be like, wait, honey, this is a new perception. Here we go. Uh, honestly, honestly, <laughs> take all the yes. credit for it. No, like, I had this no, great idea. No, he listens to this. He'll know where it came from. Um, so tell me what does the business look like for you now versus what it looked like for you when you, you know, made it to be, you know, biggest photographer, what, what has it shifted and morphed? Are you still shooting weddings or now is it more about teaching and platform and all of that stuff? I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone. 
whether it's old fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So there was various iterations within my business. I am, I have like, I have a type A personality. I like to do a lot of different things. I'm an Aries. So I love starting new projects and then I want to turn them over towards the end because my execution, I'm like, ah, I did it. Next. <laughs> so um, what started off as being a photographer really built up that business. And we focused around six years, seven years of just focusing on that. And then at that time, I started teaching people how to show up on social media. And at the time, it was like, Twitter and Facebook were like the thing and um, started teaching people the business of how to run a photography business and studio. And then shortly thereafter, small business owners were saying, well, what you're doing with photographers, will it work for my business? And I said, um, uh, uh, imposter syndrome, ring, ding, ding. No, no. Who am I to teach this? Because clearly there are way other, there are people who are way more qualified. And yet I started to create content, put it out for free. And it opened up doors for me to be speaking to organizations and stages. And then from there, I started consulting. And I was consulting under the radar because I didn't want to like bifurcate my business. I really Really wanted to still strongly position myself where our golden egg was and our golden egg was photography and I didn't want to dilute what that brand experience was like for our consumers on the photography end and our consumers from the clients that we were booking. And so I started consulting and I realized that while it was lucrative and amazing, it really just kind of gave me like an under the table varsity jacket, understanding I knew how businesses worked. And then in 2016, made a strong pivot in the public space to say that I'm teaching and empowering entrepreneurs to build a brand and market it on social media. And since then have created um, an online social media membership, like a monthly membership to empower business owners to show up on social media every, every day. Yes. And we have so many people who are listening to this right now who are those entrepreneurs. Tell us about that thing. Like if you're listening right now and you're like, um, I love this girl. I need to know everything. You see her social and you're like, yep, this is all my dreams come true in one beautiful feed. Jasmine, tell us, um, tell us about how they can get involved with you. Or can they? Is there? Is it like a closed club or you can open it? Oh, if it was a closed okay. girl club, you should kick me off the island. No. This is, no, no, no. I have never been a cool girl, so I will never have a cool girl club. No, no, no. So the thing, this is the thing that I started noticing is the more I was speaking to small and medium-sized businesses, I realized that they were really great about talking about their business. But it was almost like they were too great. So that every post on Facebook and every post on Twitter and Instagram was just like, my widget is in green. I home make my widget. My widget's the best. My widget's on a holiday sale. I'm launching my widget. My widget comes in green. And what happened was people started asking, well, why am I not growing? Why are people not engaging? And I'm like, boo-boo, when's the last time you talk back to QVC? Like you don't 
talk back to the people who are selling you things on a consistent basis. So what is the thing that we have to do with social media is we have to make it social in relation to our business. And I started noticing that I was teaching people to show up and be social and ask questions and talk about personal things, which is something that you, Rachel, do so extraordinarily well that yes, you have all these different components, but a lot of times you're okay to talk about your coffee and your manicures and people standing in line and people resonate with that because they resonate with mm-hmm. you. And it's even and so, so funny. It took us so many years to figure that out. For years, we would sit around, we'd have like big brainstorming days and we'd say, well, you know, I write because years ago. So it's like, well, I write fiction books and I am also a food blogger and I have kids and we're naming all of these things and none of them really worked. And when we would go try and talk to other businesses or brands that we we're going to partner with, so many people were like, I don't get it. I don't get your business. And it honestly took years for us to go, wait a minute. It's me. Like if yes. you were friends with me, we would talk about my books and my kids and the recipe I made last night. And so we can't market the business. We have to market like what is the heart of this company? So I love that that's the mission and how you're teaching people because that is the answer. A hundred percent. And I feel like anybody who just did not like pause the podcast, if you're in the car waiting to pick up the kids from school, we need to put this on pause, take a breather, back it up 15 to 30 seconds, because what Rachel just dropped was a knowledge bomb and it just exploded. She said the reason why people followed her was because of her. And I think that it's so important that as business owners, even if we're not building a personal brand, we're building a business, that the heart and soul of the business must be out on display. So Social Curator is a monthly membership that empowers people to talk about who they are as a person in relation to their business. So we provide stock photos, 30 stock photos every month. And people say, but are they industry specific? I sell I sell essential oils. I sell fitness shakes. I sell running shoes. I sell jewelry. No, they're not because you are are the captain of that ship. What we provide are social conversation starters, captions where you fill in the blank and say, this is how I spend the holidays. This is what inspires me. This is how I work best. Thank you for being here. It just is a creative starter to help you uh, talk and get your people engaging. And the photos are lifestyle-inspired photos. So for social media holidays, National Pizza Day, National Ice Cream Day, what does your desk look like, your favorite cup of coffee, are you a tea drinker? We provide all of those just to ensure that consistent Consistency remains the queen of your domain is that showing up every day and keeping those conversations going, it doesn't make people feel like they're sold to because when you get into a launch or you're really excited to do this thing and you've been silent on social media and then you show up with the machine gun approach, you know, it's like buy this thing, buy this thing, buy this thing, buy this thing, quiet. I'm in Cabo, pictures, <laughs> pool, margaritas, my feet in the sand, silence, launch this thing, buy this thing. That's so real. And so that because we see it happen so often and I just think that actually the Cabo photos are amazing and the launch photos and captions are amazing, but you got to fill in the blanks on the in-between or people just feel sold to. That is such a smart idea. So as part of it, you get get photos. They can use your photos on their Instagram feed or their Facebook and then they're writing the copy. Is that right? Well, they are, and, and I want to make a very clear distinction that when people say, oh, they're your photos. No, baby boo, they're your photos. I don't need photo credit. I create these photos as a way to inspire people to show up and no photo credit is needed. And the captions are, think about this as a really cool entrepreneurial Mad Libs. So we talk about what are things you're most proud about in your business and then you fill in the gaps and we talk about the emotions related to that. How do you spend your holidays? It's 
15 captions where you can open it up on the first of the month and say, every other day, I have an engaging caption that is related to my business, but not selling my business. So we have a team of freelancers and creatives that we work with to get the photos that you see for our social, for the blog, for Instagram. We do photo shoots where we take like a crap ton of photos at one time. And then my team will upload them in. I've said it before. We use um, an app called Planoly. Um, so that's P L A N O L Y. If anyone wants to check it out, but, um, there's just a ton of photos and then it doesn't matter what the photo is because what people are coming to my feed for is the copy that's attached to the photo. So oftentimes you'll see on my Instagram, it might be a picture of me, you know, Sometimes I'm like, this is just a cute picture, so here's whatever. But most of the time, it's like a picture of a coffee cup, and I'm talking about motivation. It, like They have nothing to do with each other, but you need that beautiful photography to set a certain standard for the type of brand that you have or the type of company that you're building. So such a smart idea. Well, thank you. And it was literally built like uh, – what, what is that quote like – the mother of innovation is necessity. frustration, necessity, necessity. Yeah. necessity. And so I was walking my, I was walking like my tribe through what it meant to do this, what it meant to plan. So basically I am a huge advocate of what you said, like batch, batching your content so that you're not shackled to the content. And the thing that we heard again and again is that even if they had the photos, well, they didn't know what to say. And if they knew what to say, they didn't have the photos. And we also include a monthly marketing plan. This means is that like people are getting this and every month we focus just on one micro topic, like how to use Instagram stories as a vehicle to talk about your business instead of, oh, like my baby's eating Cheerios. Oh, the cat got into the laundry. Those stories are fine and great, but there also are strategic ways to talk about your business as an extension of your brand and really show up for your audience in real ways. We also talk about Facebook ads one month. We talk about copywriting one month. So we're there to kind of be a solution and a community for people who do want to show up and they just want a clear path to get there. Seriously, I mean, it's shocking to me that I didn't think of it first. So congratulations. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think that's such a smart idea and it's so, so helpful because I know like there's a ton of women who listen to this who do direct sales or multi-level marketing and they know how to do the network. They know how to throw the parties, but they really struggle with how to show up on social and social just increases your reach tenfold, particularly for those of you who live in smaller towns. So if someone's listening and they're super down, uh, what website should they go to to check this out? MySocialCurator.com. It is just 20 $25 a month. And let's go back for a second to um, building a personal brand. You did mention MLM, but I believe that the foundation of a really successful person within an MLM structure is somebody who knows how to build a personal brand. And the thing is, is that these amazing MLM companies will give you lots of collateral, but it, it, it empowers the company for you to talk about their product. But why, if I can buy essential oils or hair care or a fitness shake from literally hundreds of thousands of people, why would I choose to buy it from you? And now this is your opportunity to define who you are and do that no like trust factor and say, you know what, that photo of the cup of coffee when you really talked about motivation, it's just you, Rachel. I want to buy your book. I want to talk to you. So whatever it is, I'm going to choose you. And I think that that's how we need to view this is we are the captains of our ship. How are we going to show up and connect to our tribe in a way that they feel empowered and also a close affinity to who we are? You know what? I've never, you're so absolutely right. And I've never thought about it before. Uh, the idea that you have to, you have to be able to build a personal brand to stand out within a community of people who are all selling the same product that you're selling. 
That's so wise. And it's not just – and it's totally not MLM because you clearly did this when you started your wedding mm-hmm. coordination. Mm-hmm. Like you knew that people were going to hire you even though other people can get the exact same resources to the florist, to the DJ, to the venues. But they said, it's you. I want to work with you. And so many of us as business owners, we want to lead with what we do. We want to lead with our product. We want to lead with our pretty pictures. But in all actuality, let's turn it inside out so we wear our hearts on the outside and our products on the inside. If people can get through the outside, then they're in. They're sold. Ugh. Dang it. So good. So much good information. I knew I was going to have fun talking to you, but I really appreciate the wisdom that you are dropping on the ladies today. (laughs) You're so welcome. Um, So beyond checking out the website, if people are not already following Jasmine Star, tell us um, what's your favorite platform to hang out and what handle should they hit you up on over there? Well, I hang out on all yes, platforms. You do. You um, I am today, like, yes. I, <laughs> but okay. So, um, Jasmine Star, the entrepreneur, really loves um, all platforms. But Jasmine, just like the homegirl with time to waste, is on yeah. Instagram. Like that's just where I'm at. That's definitely where my heart's at. But you can find me on all social platforms at Jasmine Star. Awesome. Well, sister, thank you so much for chatting with us today and taking the time and you know bearing with us as we rescheduled while we moved to a different state. I really no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just, your life was changing. Yeah. You're just. Changing the world through movies and movements. Oh yeah, no big deal. So many things, so many things. But I super appreciate it. And I am um, I'm really excited to have had you on the podcast, but I also 100% want to hang out with you in real life and be real friends. Um, Let's yeah, do it. I actually am coming. You're in LA, right? I am. Well, I'm in Newport Beach, okay. but you know, down yes. here in Southern California, yes. you know, everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm from yeah. LA. <laughs> no, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, but I will, I have to come um, within the next month because I have to get my hair done. And yes, I'm going to fly back to LA because yeah, yes, queen. Yes. 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 Only yes. a few people can handle it at this level. And one of them is located in LA. So um, we will, we will be sure and somehow talk about that when we are hanging out together in real life. But um, hey, I, I super appreciate I know I said it before, but I super appreciate you taking the time. And I also, um, I just want to acknowledge the, like where we started, this idea that you were blazing this trail, that you were setting this new standard for your family and what it meant to be a confident, strong Latina woman. And you have totally done that tenfold. It just has taken a different form. So I'm so, I'm sure so many women, um, are inspired by you and are getting to see, um, you know, that if you can see it, you can be it. You are showing women what they can be. So, um, thank you for your work and thank you for your heart. Rachel, thank you. I received that. It take, I'm, I'm, it, I, I'm one of those people who like, uh, kind of like wilt when somebody gives a compliment, <laughs> but I'm going to stand in this cause I'm standing my purpose. I received this. Yes. Thank you for the gift that you are truly. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.